When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got quite a bit to talk about on the football and basketball front. So we'll start with football. We'll talk about um, some updates on the offensive coordinator position, which is somewhat now official with UW posting it to their job site. And then after that, we'll talk about some transfer additions. Wisconsin's been busy in the transfer portal the last few days picking up a wideout from UCLA, a cornerback from UCLA, and actually just before we started recording here, another cornerback out of Kentucky. So we'll kind of talk about all that. And then as we've talked about in the past with the depth chart, we'll kind of work our way into a cornerback discussion because the Badgers have now added three cornerbacks to that cornerback room, so I think it'll fit nicely in there to talk about this past season and what we see for this upcoming year because there's likely some new faces added to that room that we'll, we'll be seeing the field quite a bit. After that, we'll talk about, there's been some offers that have thrown out, and then we'll recap some basketball. We'll talk about Northwestern, kind of what stood out in that game. Then we'll preview the Badgers' upcoming contest with Michigan State a little bit, which tips off Friday night at 8 p.m. Battle for first place in the Big Ten. Yes, the Badgers are currently sitting at the top. Um, Michigan State uh, also at the top with one loss in the conference, so it should be a great battle Friday evening. Matt, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Yeah, no, it's been kind of... We're win here, keeping track of all the transfers coming in for the Badgers, but it is kind of nice to see them active in the portal. Um, and I, I would imagine this probably means that there's going to be a little bit more attrition on Wisconsin's end come spring ball. Uh, but at the same time, it, you can't hate on the uh, additional competition they're bringing in, and hopefully it, it helps them out because they're they're definitely bringing in a lot of bodies um, that that appear to have. have Plenty of experience for the Badgers. 
Yeah, it's exciting time. I mean, we all we've talked about it multiple times on this show about this new transfer portal and if you don't use it, you're you're losing it essentially and the Badgers are certainly starting to get active in there. So I'm excited to talk about some of these additions because I think um, the, the at least the two I haven't watched a ton of tape on the third pickup since it was right before the show, but the first two I think can be really promising players for the Badgers out of UCLA. But before we do that, well we'll talk about the offensive coordinator position because that was kind of the big news. You know, we've talked kind of speculation the last uh, few episodes on what sort of changes would be coming. We figured the offensive coordinator position would be one that the Badgers would hire for, but they could have went a couple other ways. But according to UW, um, they have a job posting for the offensive coordinator, so everyone dust off their resumes. If you've got your uh, NCAA 14 experience on the video game side, maybe you want to try and throw an application in. I can't say that it'll get you anywhere, but that job posting is up for anyone to take a shot at. So that kind of makes it official that the Badgers are looking for an OC. Of course, last episode we talked about some possible names, Bobby Ingram being one of them, which has kind of been all over Twitter the last couple of days. But what do you make of UW kind of making that official, and, and where do you think the rest of the pieces fall around that? Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a nice step. Um, it, it, it makes sense. They're, the Badgers have been doing their due diligence. I would assume that we're going to hear an announcement of Bob Bostad moving here in the in the coming days. I'm surprised we haven't had it yet. Um, I know usually Wisconsin moves pretty slow with with some of these um, roster ad- or coaching staff adjustments. Um, that's been traditionally the case, but I, I think Bob Bostad moved to O line. You'll bring in an offensive coordinator. Um, we'll see if Bobby April ends up taking over all linebackers, if Chris Herring takes over um, the middle. I, I think there's a lot of different ways that the staff could shuffle around, but I do think the the fact that they have posted for an offensive coordinator is a, is a good thing, and hopefully we'll see who that is. I think there's multiple different candidates. We've, we've talked about quite a few here. Um, I think Bobby April is definitely one to, to keep an eye on just because um, it could have, you know, bring about the possibility of a guy like Caleb Williams taking a visit. I, I still think it's a long shot for the Badgers, but I do think that uh, Ingram has a ton of experience that could help them out in the tight end room or wide receiver room. Um, so I, I guess it's just kind of a wait-and-see approach from here, but I do think that that's a positive development for the staff because I, I think we've both talked about that this staff needs something different, a little bit of a jolt of energy on the offensive side, and I think that um, a, a fresh set of eyes could definitely help there. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, this was the kind of the move that everybody wanted to get to at some point. We knew that there was a couple different ways they could go about it. You know, they could bring in, you know, Chris could continue the offensive coordinator role and they could bring in a quarterback code. They could do a whole bunch of different things. But I think the vast majority of the fan base wanted to see some new blood in that offensive coordinator or just, you know, someone who's in charge and working with that offense kind of bringing in some outside ideas. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that whoever they're going to bring in isn't going to come in and, and completely tear down the entire foundation of Wisconsin football, but I think there's plenty of, of outside names that we've kind of talked about, like you mentioned with Bobby Ingram, and there's still, you know, Scott Tolzien has been thrown around. There's all sorts of names that can come in and bring some fresh ideas and build on the foundation of Wisconsin football. So I think that's really exciting. I'm excited to see what, you know, where they end up, who ends up being the guy. 
obviously that's a huge position. I mean, you're talking about an offensive coordinator that, you know, with, with UW's got a good amount of money to spend where they can go out and, and hopefully make a, a good splash in a position where they can get some, you know, new blood in there. But I'm also excited for the other changes. You know, I think Bobby April, if he were to take over, all the linebackers would be, you know, a solid move. He's plenty of experience and been a great assistant for UW. And, and getting Bob Bostead back on the offensive line, I think will be a, a nice move. Again, a fresh set of eyes back to um, back to what uh, things were in the past. He's had success there. So if they can go out and, and, and feel like they nailed this offensive coordinator hire, I think you've got a position where this offense, at least outside looking in on paper before we see things, should be improved and, and hopefully can get some things going because we've mentioned it the last couple of years. It's just been stale. So some new ideas and some bright new changes would certainly, uh, I think, benefit this program. Yeah, and, and I think there's still a chance that Paul Chris would call plays, right? Like, that might be an area that he still holds on to just based off of – I mean, that's his bread and butter. Like, mm-hmm. that is what he became a head coach because of what he did uh, as an offensive mind. So I would assume that that's still a possibility, especially if it is a guy like Bobby April – I mean, uh, Bobby Ingram, who – who hasn't actually called plays in the past, uh, at least when you look at his resume, that isn't something that jumps out. Same with a guy like Scott Tolzien, right? Like neither of them would be coming with play calling experience. So maybe that's still an area where Chris helps out. But having somebody there to, to bring in some fresh ideas, help bring about be an architect of the offense a little bit. Um, I mean, you, you look at what the Ravens do. I, I don't want to get too far ahead because who knows if it's Ingram at all. But but if if he were to bring it in, they have a power run scheme very mm-hmm. similar to Wisconsin. They want they have a, a little bit more of a mobile quarterback. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is a, a special athlete back there. But we you've seen them do lots of different things. But it's always built off of the run, play action, a lot of the same things. But you're also seeing uh, maybe a little bit more modern offense than what Wisconsin has been deploying here recently. So I think that there's a lot of intrigue here. I think it's just going to be a matter of waiting it out because with a lot of the NFL kind of ending here, the the I mentioned last week that was the the uh, coaching convention, I, I think that you're going to start seeing the ball rolling here in the next couple weeks. I would assume they want to have somebody by February 1st is kind of a, a good guess, but I think the Bostad news will happen sooner than that, which might have a domino effect for the defensive side of the ball with Bobby April, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like you mentioned, this isn't something that I, I would assume they want to have you know, take a long time. You know, there's, there's the recruiting portion of this as well, where you, you've got names in the portal, you've got guys on the recruiting trail, you want to have that offensive coordinator position established. You don't want to rush it, but you also don't want to take too much time and and have that impact you on the recruiting trail as well. Because we've talked about that, you know, time and time again with where this team and this program is in terms of their recruiting staff. Uh, I think an offensive coordinator to kind of head up that offense and be a, a vocal point along with Paul Chris is certainly important to get established. So I, I would I would agree with you. I think something soon will will certainly break here, and we'll of course cover it on the podcast as soon as it does. All right. Up next, we've got some news in the transfer portal. As we mentioned, the Badgers added three players most recently. Uh, Cedric Dort out of Kentucky. We'll talk about him last. We'll talk about the wideout first in Keontes Lewis from Transfer Portal from UCLA. Um, he comes in three years of eligibility for Wisconsin, played in 11 games uh, as a freshman last year. I think he kind of brings that, you know, if you look at what Alvis Witted is trying to look for in the recruiting circuit and the transfer portal, a guy with some size, so good size at six foot three. 
show some good ball skills and ability. I think that, you know, maybe looking for some speed, but he's definitely a guy that can be a possession receiver down the field type guy. And, and really with all the changes in the wide route room, you know, you're talking about you're losing Danny Davis, Kendrick Pryor, Jack Dunn's got a lot of run. I think this is a guy that played early at UCLA and can certainly come in and, and give something for the Badgers if he picks up the offense right away. So what do you make of his pickup from UCLA? I think it's encouraging that he played right away as a true freshman in 11 games. Um, didn't get a target, but took over 200 snaps, uh, according to Pro Football Focus. So it's a, it's a guy who definitely gained some experience. Um, he was also there um, at UCLA as an early enrollee, which means that he, if, he, if he's on campus, which I, I would assume a lot of these guys would be on campus because spring practice hasn't, or uh, the spring semester hasn't started. So I'm guessing a lot of these guys are moving quickly so that they can actually be there for spring ball. Um, but assuming Lewis is there for spring ball, uh, he would be able to uh, go ahead and be part of a second spring, which a lot of times that's when a huge jump happens is in spring ball so I I think that's very encouraging Um, and I I think you look at his offers coming out of high school um, and this was a sought after kid he was a high three star um, that like you mentioned good ball skills can catch the ball uh, away from his body use his length use his wingspan um, to to create separation and and hopefully Wisconsin can utilize that Um, it sounds like he wanted more opportunities Uh, Wisconsin hasn't exactly passed the ball uh, a ton here to with success but new offensive mind potentially coming in maybe that shifts but but I mean you look at what he has in terms of talent and it it is there the size it's there definitely an intriguing guy that I would imagine is going to be pushing for snaps the second he steps on campus because I don't think he's making this move without the understanding that hey he's gonna have a pretty good chance of seeing the field right away so I I, I would imagine that that it might push a guy like um Scalver Bell down a little bit um in the pecking order I would imagine that Marcus Allen Chimre DK and Keontas Lewis are probably your top three guys if I had to guess right now um, and I think you, like I said, the offer list of Arkansas, Auburn, Iowa, Illinois, Kentucky, Michigan State, Northwestern, Oregon, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas A&M, right? Like he had a lot of really good offers coming out of high school. So there's talent there. Now it's just a matter of of uh, developing him in that room, and hopefully Elvis Wittig can can do that because Wisconsin needed that wide receiver and. And this is a kid coming from East St. Louis, which is a highly fertile area. Um, it's 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 not always you know easy to 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 pick the right students who are going to be a match with Wisconsin. But at the same time, that's a talented area that also gives you a, another kid to hopefully build a, maybe a pipeline there. So I, I think all around, it's it's this is the one that I look at it. And yes, the cornerbacks are going to be a nice addition, but I think long term because he's just going to be a sophomore next year this is the one that I think could have the biggest impact long term yeah I mean you're talking about a a really solid recruit out of high school and it's it's only you know a year after that and you know having three years of eligibility is huge coming into Wisconsin we'll talk about the corners in here in just a second both of those with one year are going to be instant impact guys you would think but likely um, Keontas Lewis is a guy that could really come in and, and blossom for the Badgers and have some time to develop into his game at Wisconsin. And so I think it's a, a great pickup for that wideout room. Excited to see what sort of plays and explosiveness he can bring uh, to that group because, like you mentioned, you know, there's Skylar Bell, Marcus Allen, 
There's some young guys in there that will certainly be in the mix, but I think this is another guy that you can add in there and feel much better about this room. And, and he kind of brings a little bit different with, like, his height, his size that way, his wingspan. So I think it's a really good pickup for Wisconsin on the offensive side of the ball. All right, up next, the other player from UCLA. It was a busy uh, Tuesday for the Badgers, uh, taking uh, some players from the Bruins. They had cornerback Jay Shaw from the transfer portal. He's got one year of eligibility, 43 career games for the UCLA Bruins. Led the team in INTs this past year. Been a guy that's played a lot of football for the UCLA Bruins. If you've watched any of their games, you've probably seen him out on the field. Um, good good height again, 5'11", uh, a cornerback that I think could fit really well for the Badgers. So what do you make of his pickup um, in the transfer portal? I, I think this is, this is a guy who brings a ton of experience, 43 games, 16 starts, um, really good tackler, can also help you out in special teams. So I think this is this is a good addition for the the team second team All Big Ten selection both by the Associated Press as well as Pro Football Focus. So this is this is a talented kid with six career interceptions that I think looking for obviously a new home um, for his final season. But I think this is pretty telling about what Wisconsin thinks they have in their cornerback room. They're really trying to bridge to some of those younger guys because he is now the I mean, we're going to to talk about Dort here in a second, but three different grad transfers, three guys with one year of eligibility remaining. And and that's, I would assume that those three are going to play a ton of football. I would assume that Dean Ingram is also going to play. Um, But I I do think that this signals that the Badgers really wanted to focus on bringing in some some new guys there um, and and trying to bolster some experience in that room. Um, And, and, you know, Hank Poteet, is really kind of putting his fingerprints all over this cornerback room um, after his full, first full season now that he's been able to see what he's got there. But I do think it's good. I think this is a, a great addition. Um, but it's always kind of a crapshoot. You never know what you're going to get, what kind of fit they're going to be. Hopefully um, it, it works out for everybody involved because I think the talent level is there. And I think that this was a guy that UCLA – um, was expecting to be a starter next year, and and uh, you know he had a really good senior year last year there. Yeah, I, I think it's a really nice pickup. I mean, you look at a guy. Anytime you bring in a guy that, especially at a position where you felt coming at you, know, it's clear, like you said, that Wisconsin maybe didn't know what they had at cornerback position with some of these guys that wanted to bring in some competition. Though there's no there's no guarantee. There, there's, it looks likely that Jay Shaw will come in and, and be a guy that competes and, and plays quite a bit for Wisconsin, but it also brings in at least some depth and then some experience in a, to a room that you didn't necessarily have that. And, and now, you know, in addition to the Cedric Dort addition, you, you've got a couple guys that have played uh, quite a bit of football and will come in and Hopefully, like you mentioned, hopefully it works out and, and he can come in and, and play right away for Wisconsin and give you some good contributions. But if not, you've got some experience. You've created some competition in that room, which I think can be really good for a, a young cornerback room looking for reps. So the last couple of years, this cornerback room has been incredibly competitive in terms of reps and, de- reps and depth chart and everything like that. And I think you're going to continue to see that through here with you know a couple guys that have uh, quite a bit of experience. So he's a Power 5 starter that's played a lot of football it's certainly a great addition for Wisconsin. Yeah, like there, there's really nothing to lose with, with these additions. These are guys who have played a ton of football, and uh, I, I think you're going to see what they can do. I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe one of them also gets a look at, at safety, too, just because Wisconsin is turning over their depth chart there um, as well. But 
I, I think right now you've got to be happy with what they've done in that cornerback room to kind of reshape um, their roster distribution and scholarship distribution because you look at it before these guys were coming in, you had a lot of guys with junior or younger eligibility. Now you've got three um, uh, grad student seniors that are going to be able to help you out there and and like I mentioned, just bridge that gap to to get you um, a couple more years for a guy like Ricardo Hallman to to gain experience. Up next, the Badgers actually added another quarterback transfer with one year of eligibility and Cedric Dort out of Kentucky. Um, from what I can see on him, he's played in 31 career games with 13 starts at Kentucky. You know, played a lot as a senior, played a lot as a junior, played a little bit as a redshirt sophomore in 2019. Um, had some nice tackle numbers, some nice pass breakup numbers. So, again, a, a power five starter in the SEC coming over to Wisconsin is always a good pickup. So I know the news just kind of broke, but what do you make of Cedric Dort as a possible, again, another addition to kind of bridge the gap again, kind of the same position that you just talked about with Jay Shaw, uh, but another player with a good amount of talent, a good amount of experience. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at it, um, those numbers were going into his senior year, so he's actually played 43 games, started started this year um, for Kentucky, um, and started 13 games between his junior and sophomore season two. So, like I said, a lot of football, a lot of experience. You do, statistically, he doesn't quite have um, as many, like, interceptions and, and passes broken up, but this is still a guy who started games in the SEC on a, on a good um, Kentucky defense. So, I think you look at this and you've got to be happy, similar size to the other guys that they have coming in. Um, but I think, once again, power five level starter and that's, that's looking for a chance to, to start and play games. I think it's, it's definitely exciting um, for Wisconsin. Um, he's also, once again, kind of looking at the recruiting angle. He's from Dwyer High School, which is one of the um, – a really good South Florida high school <laughs> – I think the last time I remember a Badger or somebody being interested um, from to Wisconsin was Jacoby Brissett from Dwyer. So um, long time running there, but at the same time, Wisconsin has had history there, um, and it, it, it kind of brings back that South Florida pipeline here. Um, and, and hopefully Wisconsin can continue to develop those younger guys because I think Dort um, and Jay Shaw are going to be guys that can help them right away, regardless of where it's at. I, I think – that one of these guys is going to probably – or two of the three incoming transfers are going to probably be your outside guys with Dean Ingram um, being inside um, at, at uh, the Nickelback. But I, I could see maybe all three becoming your starters. But regardless, competition is going to be great and a lot of fun to kind of see those new faces in the room. Yeah, I think the the, the quarterback competition will be tremendous and, and really a, one to watch for. You know, that's how it's been the last couple of years, and it'll continue to be that this year with – with these new players, uh, along with a, a solid group that they've had uh, before that. So it should be a fun group to watch in the uh, in the room there. All right, well, that kind of transitions us. Why don't we go ahead? We've talked about the safety depth chart. So why don't we kind of just do our depth chart talk for the cornerback room? Because as we were saying before we started recording, you would think with three additions, uh, three one-year guys, this is likely going to be – and maybe one of them moves out to safety, as you mentioned, so it could change a little bit. But for the most part, I think we – we'll know now that this room is, is probably pretty full. I can't imagine them taking on too many more players after bringing on, you know, three cornerbacks already. So with that, you know, this past year, of course, you had Caesar Williams, Fayon Hicks, established starters, played a lot of football. 
those guys, I think, played really well and, and gave a, a ton of great football to Wisconsin. But now you're seeing the transition away from the guys that have played being a multi-year starter and, and how that can sometimes be a difficult thing to do and, and move away from when you've had such established guys for so long. So what did you make of this past year and, and how do you think this group will transition into this upcoming year? Yeah, I think looking at it, I thought that the cornerback room actually played pretty well this season. We saw just a couple of times where there was um, broken plays where teams were able to get open in the secondary. But beyond that, I mean, you couldn't have asked too much more out of Fayon Hicks and Caesar Williams um, as your starters. And then I, I thought that Dean Ingram got better and better as the year went on at, as your nickel or extra cornerback coming in. Um, Alexander Smith got in as well and, and into some action. So I thought it was a, a great year for the cornerback room. I thought Hank Poteet did some nice things there. Uh, I thought it was by far Caesar Williams' um, best year. I know that um, you can look back to 2019 pretty favorably for him, but I, I think when you look at what he was able to do um, and, and as a guy to make some big interceptions late in the year, um, I, I thought that it was a, a really nice season for him, three interceptions, 28 tackles. So I, I thought really those those top two of Hicks and, and Williams played really well, and I think that um, 15 pass breakups between the two of them they, they gave Wisconsin so much experience, and I think that Wisconsin was looking to replace that, and they I think that they hopefully did with these three transfers. Yeah, I think the cornerback room, like you mentioned, had played really well. I know sometimes they got a, a tough rap with, with some big plays that they gave up, but I think part of that was also there was there was times where the pressure wasn't there, and, and, and they were left out. I think left out to dry a little bit, and they had to make some plays, but overall – I think uh, a guy like Fayon Hicks played, had a really good season. You know, that Notre Dame game, I know it didn't end the way Wisconsin wanted to, but I think he played a really great game there. He's given so much to Wisconsin. I mean, playing early in his career to all of a sudden this past year, he's played a lot of football and given a lot to Wisconsin. And I totally agree with you. Cesar Williams was a guy that over the last couple of years has played well, and it seems like he got better every year, and this past year was by far uh, his best. So it's too Two solid corners that I think now that they're gone, and we'll see what they've got next year, but I think you'll look back with uh, definitely some appreciation for what those guys did at Wisconsin. They were both really solid players, and and uh, the grass isn't always greener, so to speak, where I think we'll look back and see that these guys were, were really good and, and maybe underrated group in terms of the cornerback room that they've had. So it's going to be interesting to see who steps up. I mean, we've just talked about two transfers that will likely jump into those roles, but overall – Hopefully the rest of this group, you know, the guys, the younger guys behind them, excluding the transfers, were able to pick some things up from Hank Poteet and learn a little bit from Cesar Williams and, um, and Fayon Hicks and, and be ready to play and, and compete because we've talked about it already. The competition in this cornerback room going into next year is going to be a lot of fun and, and it's going to have to be, you know, guys ready to go uh, day in and day out because there's now three new names in that group that you didn't have before. You've got two incoming freshmen in a Corey Lai. You've got some good, solid players there in ABL and Jones that can really um, make this room you know, compete and, and play day in and day out. So I think if you were a fly on the wall watching some, some competition in the position rooms, cornerback room will be a fun one to watch this upcoming season. Yeah, I mean, it it's just quickly became maybe 
um, outside of maybe inside linebacker, the most exciting competition to watch just because I was I was picturing that the Badgers would bring in one cornerback. After they tried to bring in Kalon Gervin, it didn't work out. He, he switched to, to Kansas. I think it was pretty clear the Badgers wanted to, to bring in a cornerback. But for them to kind of go from Justin Clark early in the month on January 3rd to add two late right before a spring ball, I think, speaks volumes about what they're hoping to uh, kind of do with their secondary. And I think that it, it's going to be fun to watch. If if I had to guess, like I said, I, I think that these three will play a lot. Like I think that the seniors are, are not coming in um, mm-hmm. to just sit on the bench because otherwise Justin Clark could have stayed at Toledo and been a starter. Um, each of these guys could have stayed at their respective spots. They were each projected to be starters next year based off of um, kind of reading through things on their different sites. So I think that these guys are all coming in with the hopes of being your top three cornerbacks. And um, I think if they can make that happen, this this room would look vastly different than last year, but it, it could be even a better group than what we saw um, from Caesar Williams and Van Hicks. And, and that's saying a lot because this defense last season was one of the if not the best or second best defense in the country, they were right up there. And a lot of that had to do with not only the front seven, but the secondary played um, really well as well because that defense was so good. So I think this is exciting. Uh, you're you're flipping a bunch of positions, but but you knew you were going to be filling some some gaps in, anyways. So now let's see what these three seniors can do. And I would yeah. think that they're going to be the top of the depth chart. I think yeah. they're going to all be in the 2D. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think this is going to be a, a good group to watch. I mean, again, two power five starters have played a lot of football, could have started, and, and you know, even you know, Clark could have stayed and, and been a top G5 corner with uh, with Toledo that way. So I think this is going to be a fun group to watch as we move forward for sure. All right, why don't we go ahead? Well, we'll talk quickly about the uh, latest offers for the 2023 class. Uh, Wisconsin did put two out, offers out on yet on Tuesday. Um, the Badgers offered a scholarship to 2023 five-star athlete Nicholas Harbor out of Archbishop Carroll High School. This one, I think, is more Wisconsin shooting their shot. He's got offers um, from 20 other schools, all of the big boys, Michigan, Oklahoma, Oregon, Penn State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Texas A&M, USC, a five-star kid athlete. Could be you know, a tight end, could be an edge rusher, could kind of end up anywhere. But this one, I think, is probably Wisconsin more so just getting in the mix and, and having to throw that out in case uh, in case you can make that happen. Um, the other one is another cornerback. A lot of cornerback talk on today's show, but offered a 2023 three-star cornerback, Amari Snowden, out of Roseville, Michigan. Um, he's got other offers from Cincinnati, Arkansas, Iowa, Notre Dame, Penn State, and Pitt, so, as well as a few others. So, Two new offers, um, you know, Snowden's an intriguing one, 6'3", cornerback, three-star guy that I think Wisconsin could certainly be in the mix for. Harbor's probably uh, a long shot, but what do you make of those two offers going out? Yeah, I mean, you've got to like it. We're going to continue to see more offers going out now that coaches are hitting the um, recruiting trail. I know Jim Leonard was out in Michigan for a while, so um, I think this makes a ton of sense. Wisconsin has brought in prospects from Roseville before. Um, I want to see that's where Jalen Franklin is from. But looking at it, I know Hank Poteet has some good connections in Michigan. Maybe he's a guy that the Badgers can can make things interesting in and uh, try to win out in that recruitment, which is going to be really highly contested. But I, I think you've got these are offers you've got to make. We're going to continue to see more offers going out. Um, I think Wisconsin is still making up some ground in that 2023 
class. Um, I, I, I think they're in a great spot for some guys like Curtis Tackett, but still there's going to be a lot of new offers coming out as the, the staff is hitting the road. And I think it's, it's going to be needed, especially with how, uh, how few in-state players the, the Badgers have this year that appear to be um, uh, big 10 caliber. So, We'll see if there's going to be some late bloomers in state, but really I, I think that there's going to be a lot of out-of-state players that the Badgers are going to be after, and I would assume that once they get a recruiting coordinator in here, um, February, March, we're going to start seeing some um, junior days happening as well, which hopefully these guys end up coming to because I think you want to have as much talent to come to those junior days to, to build that relationship early because everything has gone so much faster in the recruiting cycle now that a lot of players want to make their decision in the spring or in the summer when they can take officials and um, both of these guys seem like they would be really nice additions I mean a, a five-star that can play tight end wide receiver edge rusher is uh, usually hard to find um, so hopefully Wisconsin can stay involved in that recruitment and, and take their swings all right we'll move on to basketball talk now but before we do that got to talk to you about home field apparel if you aren't familiar with Home Field, you haven't been listening to the podcast that often because we've talked about them quite a bit. But homefieldapparel.com is an athletic apparel website that features um, archives and old logos of schools. And they're coming out with their big new Saturday season three this upcoming weekend will be the first week. So you guys still have time to sign up. You can certainly sign up after this Saturday as well and get uh, get be a part of the other seven T-shirts. But um, it's an eight-week uh, installment with uh, new school launching each week this Saturday. They'll be dropping their Cincinnati line, and if you sign up for Big Noon Saturday Season 3, you'll get a subscription for each of the eight weeks, and that will be a $20 cost to you. The regular T-shirts cost $32, so you're saving almost 40% on a shirt each week. And I, I can tell you guys from from my closet being filled with home field stuff that I have quite a bit of uh, respect for these T-shirts. Very soft, very comfortable, and uh, the big news Saturday, Season 3, should be a lot of fun. It's kind of a basketball-themed um, subscription for this upcoming one as uh, we get into March and into college basketball season in deep. So make sure you go and check them out, homefieldapparel.com. Get signed up and save 40% on your big news Saturday, Season 3 subscription. All right, speaking of basketball, Wisconsin is, of course, uh, now atop the Big Ten in the basketball standings after their win over Northwestern. It was a game that the, the Badgers came out and, and collectively played pretty well. I mean, all of the starters played really well. You saw uh, some really good contributions from Chucky Hepburn. You saw another great game from Jonathan Davis. That's kind of par for the course at this point. Brad Davison continues to play well. But even the front court guys, Tyler Wall, Stephen Crowell, everyone kind of, all the starters played really well. I think we'll talk about the bench in a little bit, not getting as much from them. But overall, another solid win. They were shooting well. The defensive end, I think you could maybe ask for some improvements there. But overall, a win on the road is, is always good to pick up in the Big Ten. So what were your overall impressions from this win at Northwestern? It was a big win. I mean, this was a team that Northwestern had all their students. They were excited for that game. Um, they got Nance back, who was their leading scorer. He didn't quite have the impact that you would have expected, but it makes sense considering he was still kind of hobbled by that ankle injury. But I thought you saw some some nice things from Wisconsin. The bench was not there for the Badgers all game long. They had really rely on their five starters, but to see them all in double figures was nice. Um, Johnny Davis continues to be Johnny Davis. Um, and I love to see Tyler Wall being as aggressive as he was. Um, same with Chucky Hepburn. Uh, but 
but really a physical game on both ends of the court. Both teams were um, hammering away. I know that Northwestern, that's how they've played all year long. Um, the foul discrepancy definitely was a, a story after the game. Wisconsin went to the line 26 times, um, a big reason why they won that game. Um, but, I mean, anytime you're going on the road in the Big Ten, um, you are just excited to get a win, and that was definitely a, a win that they needed and to make it seven in a row here. Not only seven in a row wins against Northwestern, but seven in a row on this season. So they're in a great place now, um, and you've, you've got to be excited about what this team has continued to do. They found ways to win games um, that, that look like it's going to be tough to to win tough environments, and they just continue to surprise. They continue to play well, um, regardless of kind of the outside noise. Yeah, I mean, there's there's been multiple games in this stretch where we thought, you know, maybe this is going to be the letdown spot. You know, they're going to come in and, and and not play well. It's a road environment. We all know, you know, the the at Northwestern football side of things can certainly trickle into basketball, but that, that uh, place was certainly rocking the other night. So, I think you keep expecting this team to eventually, I don't want to say come down to earth, because they have. there's been stretches where they haven't played all that well, but to win seven in a row, you're doing something uh, pretty well and playing consistent basketball. And, and each time that you think that maybe that's going to be the spot, they come out and, and play really well and pick up victories. So I think this team's gaining more and more confidence as they continue to play and, and continue to win these games. Uh, you, you saw you know a great game really from all five starters. You'll definitely need some more from the bench. I know we've talked we talked about that early in the season. It got a little better, and now it's kind of you're starting to see where you're not getting as much contribution there. And as you get deeper into Big Ten play, playing you know every couple nights, and you know in this conference it's going to be a grind. So you certainly want more there. Uh, but right now the starters are, are certainly giving you some some stuff that you can feel good about. I mean the way Jonathan Davis has played isn't a surprise, but Tyler Wall these last five six games over this win streak has been phenomenal. He'll be a huge piece on Friday night against Michigan State. Brad Davison's going to be Brad Davison. But now that you're getting, you know, you Crowell will, will give you some good minutes on and off. And then Chucky Hepburn was the guy that you were waiting to say, you know, he plays great on the defensive end. But if you can start to knock down some shots offensively, he gives you just that added layer. And then he knocked down a couple threes uh, against Northwestern. So the starters are playing well. You'll certainly need something more from the bench at some point here. And maybe that'll be the conversation for, for Friday against this Michigan State team. But overall, Again, a win in this conference on the road uh, against an improving Northwestern team. You know, this isn't the Northwestern of old where it's a, a bottom feeder in the conference. They're a very competitive team and uh, and had been playing well. You know, they, they had just knocked off Michigan State right before the, the Badger contest. So it's a team that certainly could have came out and, and beat Wisconsin, but the Badgers came out, took care of business, shot the ball well, played well with the starters, and, uh, and came away with a victory. Yeah, I think the story for me looking at it was – Obviously, the free throw line, getting to the line 26 times is great. They struggled down the stretch to close out that game on the free throw line, continued to give Northwestern opportunities to stay in it, which was definitely uncharacteristic considering how well they've shot from the free throw line all year long. But three-pointers, they 9 of 17 for the game. They they were red hot in the early moments of the game. You saw Johnny Davis 4 of 5 from three. He continues to – to improve from behind the arc, which I think is huge because it makes teams really have to respect him, step out there, because his first step, he's past you um, when he puts the ball on the deck. Um, but, but then I really liked to see Chucky Hepburn taking the ball to the rim more often. Um, we've seen him at times settle for jump shots too frequently. He was he was 
willing to take it inside. Um, he's not a, a big guy by any stretch, but I like to see that. He was also hitting a few um, jumpers, which was nice to see. Uh, that half court, I mean, it was three-quarters court. I know everybody keeps saying half court, but it was from the opposite three-point line, um, just inside the opposite three-point line. So that's, that's three-quarters court shot that he just threw up off the backboard to, to give them some momentum at, going into halftime. That was really fun and exciting play. But, but yeah, Vogt continues to give them good minutes. And, and Crowell, the turnovers, he's got to be more mm-hmm. strong with the ball um, and, and more thoughtful with what he's doing there. But he's, he's being so efficient outside of those turnovers on the offensive end. Um, once again, he's not taking a lot of shots. I think you'd actually like him to be a little bit more aggressive. But three of four last game did really well as well, but didn't take many shots. I think he's a guy that hopefully continues to blossom as the season goes on because he he plays such a huge role on this team um, as an inside-out threat that uh, if he can continue to do that, I think it'll really help them out. And then Vogt, he gives them so many good minutes off the the bench to kind of spell Crowell because Crowell still gets into foul trouble a decent amount. But I think overall, big win. This was a huge win for the Badgers um, and and one that I I hope they can use – to help them out against Michigan State um, because Michigan State, it's going to be a tough game, but you're at home. And I think that uh, the Badgers have, you know, a lot to play for um, going into uh, this weekend's contest. Yeah, it was nice to see this team wasn't looking too far ahead to this Michigan State contest because, you know, if they were to get through that, like I mentioned um, earlier, this is a, now a battle between the top two teams in the Big Ten in terms of standings. Illinois, of course, is up there with one loss as well. Um, and, and Michigan State has them on the schedule as soon as does Wisconsin. So these next few games, you know, you got through you got through a tough gauntlet. If you can come into Michigan State and, and possibly pick up a victory there with them coming into Camp, cold, uh, Camp Randall, into the Cole Center, um, you could really see this team kind of start to continue to build that streak and, and really keep playing well because you've got Nebraska, you've got Minnesota, then you've got Illinois on the schedule. So. This is kind of the end of the the first tough stretch. You'll hop back right into one, but this is now a even more important game. You talk about these two teams being in in the top of the Big Ten standings. So, in terms of what you'd like to see from the Badgers on Friday, anything that you specifically stand out to you of what you'd like to see against Michigan State compared to what we've seen these last couple games. I want to see the defensive effort. Um, I, I think you definitely saw the effort against Northwestern, but you also saw their guards um, make some nice plays. And I mean. You, you couldn't have expected Adish to go for 23 points. Um, that's just not his game usually. But I think Wisconsin being being able to, to stop dribble penetration I think is going to be big against Michigan State. And then um, use the crowd. I want to see the crowd get into it. That's something that, you know, Wisconsin has really done a good job of feeding off of at, in home games. So I think this weekend is going to be a fun one. Um, but but really, this is a, a big game. You've got to hold serve. You've got to win this one at the Kohl Center because – you're going to have to play Michigan State once more um, it, just over two weeks after um, in February 8th So um, in East Lansing. So if you can win this one, it, it takes a little bit of a pressure when you go on the road to East Lansing on February 8th because these are going to be two teams that are going to be fighting for to the top spot in the Big Ten throughout the year most likely. Getting the home mm-hmm. win would be really big, and I, I think that that's going to be a nice step because after Michigan State, you've got Nebraska and Minnesota, two teams that I think, you know, going in you should be overwhelming favorites. This is going to be a, more of a toss-up game that I think is really going to tell you a lot about the Badgers and, and uh, you know, send, some, send a message throughout the Big Ten um, once again, hopefully, if they can secure a win. 
Yeah, it should be a fun one. I, I agree with you. I think the defensive effort maybe needs to be a little sharper. I know in, at times Northwestern was a little sloppy, um, but I think this team can we've, – we've seen them before where they've came out and, and played much better defense. So I think that's certainly an area that can and, and likely will improve uh, against Michigan State at home. So it should be a fun environment Friday night. If you're going to the game, make sure you're nice and loud um, as the batters you know, battle for the top of the Big Ten. Like you mentioned, this is a huge game. Um, for for the end of the season in terms of Big Ten standings and implications that way. So it should be a lot of fun, uh, 8 p.m. Central at the Cole Center Friday night. All right, guys, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. We'll, of course, be back with you next week to recap that Michigan State game and, and talk about any other news that seems to continue to trickle down the pipeline. As always, thank you for listening on Wisconsin. Yeah.